be the right club today. Yes! How's it going y'all? It's your knock Peter Mata and welcome back to another Golf Stories video. Took me a little break from these videos but I'm back at it with some projects in the pipeline and in this video and a few others coming up we're gonna mix it up a bit so y'all don't think I'm a complete player hater and look at some of the more notable career turnarounds in golf. Obviously looking at the title of this video we're going to explore the career of this is a man you'll be seeing a lot of in the future, Hal Sutton, age 25. That's right, the original bear parent, the heir to the bear, the new bear to be, the... Alright, I'll, I'll stop. Without further ado, we're going to talk about Hal Sutton, the rise and fall and rise again. Son of Howard and Mary Sutton, Hal was born and raised in good old Shreveport, Louisiana. As he grew up, Hal got hooked to golf and quickly became one of the best young golfers in the U.S. By the age of 14, he was already shooting in the mid-60s and beating golfers much older than he was. His family made a lot of sacrifices for him so he could travel and play in major junior golf tournaments around the country. Hal's father pushed him very hard and told Hal at a young age to take all of this in earnest and be a man. As a result, in Hal's words, and uh, I tried really hard, but I, I didn't, uh, didn't get to be a kid sometimes, you know. Nevertheless, there is still some good that came out of it, as Hal built up a toughness and a strong mental game that his competitors lacked. This led to great success as a junior golfer, and with all that, he decided to take his talents to local Centenary College, where he promptly made a name for himself as a rising star. In his senior year in 1980, he won the U.S. Amateur and was named College Player of the Year. Overall, by the time he left Centenary, he won 14 tournaments, was an All-American, and he even carried the typically irrelevant gents to a 9th place finish in the NCAA tournament. These great results translated to the pro level. In 1982, Howe quickly established himself on tour as he got his first PGA Tour win at the Walt Disney World Golf Classic. This earned him the Rookie of the Year honor, and in 1983, he built on his success even more. That year, he not only won the Players' Championship, but he also captured a one-shot victory over the Golden Bear at the PGA Championship. Winning at such a young age and winning at such big events against primetime competitors like that obviously tickled people's imagination about the great potential Hal possessed. This is where all the nicknames I mentioned before started. With Hal's play and the way he looked, the Jack Nicklaus comparisons were too good to pass up. To provide context, Jack by this time was 43, and his game was starting to slow down a little bit. So naturally with that, people began looking for the next great who'll step up and take the mantle from the Golden Bear. Hence, Hal was dubbed the Bear Parent and the heir to the Bear. As we all know though, most times than not, when people start comparing a young star to an established great, the hype never lives up to the reality. Now Hal didn't completely collapse after winning the PGA, he did have successful follow-up years from 1985 to 1987, where he picked up 4 wins and made the US team for the 1985 and 1987 Ryder Cup. However during this time, he did begin to pick up some bad habits, and his game began to slip. This is where we enter the fall. 
think it was a loss of focus. I think uh, I became interested in other things besides golf. Uh, maybe I wasn't putting them as much into golf as I should have, so I wasn't getting anything out of it. And consequently, I was wanting to run from something that I wasn't doing very well at. And when you're when you're out there, the focus is on you, the spotlight is on you, and when you're not doing well, everybody's reminding you of it. And uh, I was kind of running from it, to be quite honest. From 1987 to 1994, Hal had a winless drought. As it was just mentioned, it all started with his loss of focus and lack of work ethic in the mid-1980s. This definitely affects your mental game because the problem when you take your eye off the ball like that and then you try to get it back, everything just suddenly becomes harder. The things that were once naturally easy for you start becoming things that you really have to work at. Consequently, you get to a point where you're trying too hard and your confidence begins to waver. In terms of his swing and the technical part of it, Hal grew up with his dad as his teacher, and when he came on tour, he really did have a pretty and natural swing. Well, because of his slump and as I mentioned his confidence wavering, Hal began tinkering with his swing and trying to hit the ball higher. He moved from teacher to teacher, amassing all sorts of conflicting swing thoughts, and all of it with no results in return. In 1992, the bottom dropped out and Hal fell to 185th in the money list that year. For the following few years, he relied on different exemptions to stay on tour, and specifically coming into 1994, he was relying on a one-time exemption for players in the top 50 of the all-time PGA Tour money list. So obviously, coming into that year, his career was on the line. While this seemed to be a scary proposition for Hal, some positive signs did begin to show in his game and life that year. And this brings us to the rise again. As Howe stated during his struggles, quote, each and every one of us has a fingerprint. When you start trying to change that fingerprint, that's when things go wrong. Well, in 1994, he made the conscious decision to return to his original fingerprint. He stopped pressing, stopped messing around with a bunch of swing thoughts, and just took it upon himself to be just that, himself, and own his swing. In addition, Howe got a positive boost in his personal life. He married Ashley Powell and began his own family, which he stated was a big influence in his change of perspective and comeback in golf. While he didn't win in 1994, he started to recapture his game and consistency again. Putting forth solid results throughout the year, after years of slump, Howe was awarded Comeback Player of the Year. He used that momentum to break his winless drought in 1995. After going through nine years without a win, Howe won the BC Open that year. Obviously this was huge and showed he could still do it. Now this didn't completely cure him from all his struggles as he was still relatively inconsistent outside that win in 1996 and 1997, but it still was certainly huge nonetheless. It was really from 1998 to 2001 when Howe truly found his second wind and had his career renaissance. In 1998, Howe played consistently throughout the whole year and peaked late. He picked up his first win that year in September at the Wesson Texas Open. With his top play, it earned him a spot in the Tour Championship where he faced the reigning PGA champ Vijay Singh in a playoff. In that playoff, Howe flushed a beautiful forward to about 7 feet. He then nailed that putt to take the Tour Championship and have his first multi-win season in 12 years. 
1999, he built on that success and had a good season of consistency. He picked up his one and only win that year at the Bell Canadian Open in September. And just a few weeks later, he played a huge part of Team USA's fabled comeback in that year's Ryder Cup, where because of Howe's phenomenal play and 3-1-1 one one record, he was noted by teammates and captains as the best player that week. He continued his resurgence in 2000 with probably his most iconic win and moment that most remember him for. In that year's Players' Championship, Howe went mano a mano with prime Tiger Woods. Paired together in the final round that spanned two days because of weather, House stood up to Tiger's charges and delivered his most legendary shot, followed by his most legendary phrase. See the right club. See the right club today. With that, Howe captured the unofficial fifth major for the second time, and it validated his return as one of the best in golf. A month later, he picked up another win at the Greater Greensboro Chrysler Classic, and in 2001, he picked up his 14th and final PGA Tour win at the Shell Houston Open. He made the President's Cup team in 2000 and the Ryder Cup team in 2002. He also was named captain of the U.S. Ryder Cup team for 2004. And while it was in a losing effort, he did at least do it in spectacular fashion, as he paired Tiger and Phil together for the first and only time. In terms of his play, Howe slowed down significantly after 2001, as most players do as they grow older. He did play on the Champions Tour after he became eligible in 2008, but he hasn't found too much success there. In terms of outside of playing golf, Howe's done some strong charity work with establishing hospitals, working with fellow Louisianians David Toms and Kelly Gibson on hurricane recovery, and building academies where he serves as a mentor to many young golfers. He won several awards for these efforts, including the Payne Stewart Award, which is awesome and inspiring to hear. To sum it all up, let's give some final thoughts on Hal Sutton. Out of all the players I've done videos on so far, He's the one whose career in playing golf is pretty much officially completed, so we have more grip on his career and legacy compared to the other videos. And in Howe's case, it's a prime example that he can definitely make a career comeback in golf. Sure, he didn't live up to the expectations of being the next Jack Nicklaus, and with that, some could say he's an underachiever. But with his career renaissance, it showed you can change the perception of your career through your play in your later years. Now some will probably say, oh, well why are you so easy on Hal Sutton when you were so hard on Michelle Wee? Or let's mention the fact that a lot of people are calling for me to do a video on Jordan Spieth. Well, it's all about perception. Like I just said, Hal had a career renaissance and he had it when he was in his early 40s. With this comeback, it showed his character. It showed the toughness and moxie that we expect from champions. That conviction where a player says, I'm not going to let this slump define me. And Hal Sutton did just that. He didn't let the slump define him. In addition, as we all know, golf is a game that can be played for a lifetime. And the point I'm trying to make with this video is that time is on the side of the player in golf. For Michelle Wee and Jordan Spieth, yes, to this point they've had that early rise and fall. And we're simply calling it how it is with their career so far. 
but they're still young enough to have a career renaissance like Hal Sutton and have that perception of their career change positively. Of course, in all sports, players and teams are judged by what have you done for me lately. That's just the nature of the beast. But one of the reasons I and many love golf is the fact that you can play it for so long. Which is why it's not uncommon to see players who seem lost at one point to find their groove again. And Hal Sutton is just a perfect example of that. This is why, barring a career-ending injury, I never count out a struggling player in golf who once found success. Because all it really takes is one thing to flip the script. It could be a swing change, a swing thought, a feeling, a perspective change, a grip change, an equipment change, whatever. For that player to gain confidence in and then let their natural talents come out like we saw with Hal. But yeah, those are just my thoughts on Hal Sutton. I'd like to keep doing more of these types of videos because they do have a little more positive connotation than the what happened to videos. But of course, we all can't resist the juiciness that a what happened to video brings. Anyways, I'd like to hear your thoughts on Hal Sutton in these types of videos. As always, I appreciate y'all for watching. Please like, subscribe, and comment below. Your words mean something to me.